Bootstrapping? Mental models? Welcome to the Reactor Podcast with your hosts, Justin Vincent and Mark Wilbur. Well, Mark Wilbur, well, hello there, sir. How are you doing? Hello, Justin. How's it going? Yep. Pretty um, good. I'm uh, doing all right, actually. It's, uh, it's been a uh, pretty like, crazy busy week, but other than that, all is good. Mm-hmm. Weather is getting really nice here in Taiwan this point did you see the um the democratic no the so the presidential debate i have not i i wasn't i didn't even know there was going to be one or i wasn't sure what the status was it was quite interesting um you know oh, that meant- <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's uh that's concerning well um you know that mental model in the nugget startup academy that i've got called recursive quality factor yeah yeah, is that what you called it? It was like the recur. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, recursive quality factor. So basically, if you walk into a restaurant and you look at the serviette, do you got you guys call it in America call it serviettes or napkins? What would you call it? A napkin. Yeah. Okay, the napkin. Well, if it's like a silk napkin, you kind of know that the rest of the restaurant's going to be quite good, and if you go into the restroom, that's going to be good, and you know that the food's going to be pretty good. Well, um, the way that this debate went they had they had prearranged the rules and the rules were that everyone was going to be quiet for two minutes and let the other person speak okay and um and then they were going to have open discussion well uh <laughs> through the entire debate uh trump basically completely ignored the rules and just oh. spoke over Biden and the moderator, and the moderator was was like fighting Whoa. with Trump, and it was just like it was this crazy shit show. There's no other way to describe it, and he was just so unabiding by the rules, like so completely Jeez. ignoring. So what? So what I wonder is, is that like a recurs- a recursive quality factor? Like if he's if if he hundred percent doesn't recognize the rules in that scenario, is there other scenarios? including the real law where he just doesn't recognize the rules. So I would say based on his old university, very likely. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. I, I, I watched a little bit of the primaries and that, uh, that was pretty annoying to me. Like just their format again, it was like a whole bunch of time wasted up front before they get started. And then once they get started, they only had really short times to talk, but they could also respond to each other so as a result like each person you know says five things the very worst of those five things gets amplified because yeah. everyone wants to respond it respond yeah. to it and attack it and yeah. so it was just like this this it would be like if you had reddit but instead of sorting by upvotes you sort by flags and that's <laughs> how you decide like what content you get that, it that's, was, that's kind of interesting that's a good way it was, of uh, it. yeah it was 
it was just frustrating. I didn't, I didn't spend a whole bunch of time watching it. But well, uh, I definitely recommend you should watch that debate because um, it's. I think it's kind of, it's kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 historical, and I am so interested to see who wins. Um, if Trump is it free to watch like online? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You can get it. That's on all free to yeah, watch. Online. The whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Fox um, Fox News did it. And the host was a Fox News host, but he was he wasn't giving he wasn't letting Trump get away with anything too much. Mm, okay. So was, yeah, that's that's not the 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 watching the viewing assignment that I'm looking forward to, but I'll I'll check it out. <laughs> I think just for just for what you know, I mean, I think they're all going to be like you have to has to watch. But anyway, um, yeah. So your goals? What were your goals? My goal? Well, I only had one goal. I, I focused okay. down, and nice. my goal. Uh, I was actually uh, uh, really struggling and, and trying to reach it moments before we got on the call. My goal was to get five screencasts done. Uh, I have not hit it. However, I may hit it before I sleep. So, mm. so um, close. I, so how many did you I, get done? Uh, I was, well, I haven't. So here's the thing. I, I, I got the recording done for all of them, but okay. I still have to uh, finish editing three of them. And then I have to, you know, publish them and put them on my on my site and add some text and all that stuff. But okay. uh, yeah, it's been it's been pretty productive. And uh, aside from just like the raw quantity, uh, I've been, you know, I'm also really trying to make the most out of this iPad with pencil that I bought for the purpose of making better videos and better tutorials. So okay, yeah, um, that know, takes I've more been, time. I've been doing drawing drills you know sometimes like not tons and tons of time but maybe like half an hour a day and i've been uh uh you know making sketches for uh explaining things about graphql which is the premium series i'm doing and and like kind of looking at other tutorials and what they're doing and like what's really getting traction on youtube and uh um yeah kind of taking a little bit of inspiration from julia evans's books i don't know or her her zines, as she calls them, mm. wizardzines.com. Because um, I know, you know, her educational business was already huge before she, you know, joined any of the like online courses or anything I've seen. So, um, yeah, that's really about it. Just kind of, kind of struggling and trying to grow enough that I can uh, renew my visa in April. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I gotta. I my current growth rate is not enough. I gotta. I gotta hit a higher gear. So you've, so it's about how much uh, income you have. Uh, there, there are different criteria you can hit for me. Probably the easiest is hiring three local employees. Although that's also the most terrifying and, and like kind of difficult to say exactly what I would do. Um, the, the one that's maybe the, the most viable is, is just uh, spend, 1 million NT, which is like 30,000 US dollars through a Taiwanese company. So I basically have to get everything incorporated and spend that much uh, before, uh, probably like before January or February. In order and to how, much, the, uh, how much do you have? Like, what's your percentage towards that goal? I've spent zero because I haven't incorporated it yet. No, I know. But what I mean is like, how much do you have saved towards that goal? Like, is that a goal you're working towards? I think that's the I think that's the most likely one. Um, I I have zero saved because <laughs> so you've got to get I, thirty grand between now and Feb. 
Well, I was thinking like, is, is the fastest way to do that uh, saving from my current MRR, which will not hit it? Or is it to get the iPad, increase my production rate, you know, re- really try to grow everything faster? Yeah, yeah, for and sure. I think, grow, I think growing it faster, even if I, even if I don't hit that goal, I could still uh, very likely, uh, you know, do some other kind of visa or maybe, you know, leave for a month and set up uh, like a company with a branch office here or something and come in on like a, uh, uh, an employee visa as an employee of my own branch office. There, there's like a, a branch representative route you can take, but, but uh, either way, I got to grow the, grow the business faster. So I'm just going to just want to yeah. see something here. That is the, uh, that is the, uh, the main stressor and it's been gradually growing as time goes on. What was the price point of the, um, of Phoenix Igniter? The, old, the, the target price point? The target price is 240 Okay, so 30000 divided by 240 That's 125 sales. Yeah, so far I've made nine, I believe, at a quarter of that price. Uh, but you, I, but this, the, again, like, I find myself like thinking, what? Why? I don't understand why you don't focus on this. Um, but like, because between now and then, 125 mm-hmm. sales is not hard for, for that Phoenix Igniter. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is? I, I think it'd be very hard, yeah. Oh, okay. Tell me why. Uh, it's not that big of a market. Uh, it may be easier to sell that than it is to sell Alchemist Camp, although it's hard to say because it's the, you know, the different pricing model. Um. With Alchemist Camp, the like the biggest influx of sales I've done has been like during Black Friday sales, or, or like I did one other like thirty by five hundred style launch with like an email sequence and everything else. It was like limited duration offer, and those two were bringing in like twenty uh, ish, twenty twenty five people uh, at like one hundred and fifty dollars for one year subscription. So. Uh, and which is a significant discount over the the normal of of two ten. How big do you think the market for Phoenix Igniter is? Uh, I have no idea. It's it's really, I, I mean, it's like everyone who uses Phoenix would be, you know, decently like more than enough people. But people that are willing to spend anything, you know, that that cuts out a lot. Um, and people that I can reach like that also cuts out a lot. It's, it's hard to say, but I, I think the, the most, well, at least as far as I, what I currently believe is the, the most efficient path is uh, like, I don't give up on igniter by any chance. Like I, I am still like working on it and getting it closer to the beta, but uh, I think I need growth in alchemist camp sooner. And then igniter because everything i do that grows the youtube channel everything i do that grows uh you know grows the reach of the website everything else uh will transfer into or translate into people that very well may buy by igniter got it that makes sense that makes sense so those people may so you could think of it like you could think of it like you do a really hard push on growing that as much as you can Mm -hmm. by say November, the end of November, 
and then it's you close, push slow, like, psychic, yeah. and then you push like fuck on the on igniter between november and jan to get as many sales for that as you can yeah so like right now i'm, I'm going probably 85 percent of effort on alchemist camp 15 percent on igniter and i was planning on changing that maybe uh we're actually right around the end of november like after black friday and then you know at that point maybe a little bit before because i might want to uh, have a special offer for for Igniter on Black Friday, like get it to beta and then offer it. Say instead of, you know, what the price it would be later, I would I would offer it a little bit cheaper on Black mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah. Um, and that's one way to. I mean, that's one way I've I've done sales before. It's like I'm raising the price on the product, and I just say, hey, if you buy before this this time, you get it before the price goes up. Yeah, when I think about it, that's really smart to grow, to build your audience, although I hate that term, audience, uh, to get the people. Um. <laughs> well, I, I found I have good news for you. I've, oh, I've got go a bunch on. of open tabs, a bunch of yeah. topics. Yeah. And another, I have like another divisive like indie hacker discussion for you. Oh, she. Oh, and it's gosh. right up. It's like your, your experience uh, fits it perfectly. Well, can I can I just say one? Can I just give you one piece of good news before we oh, yeah, jump yeah. into that? Uh, oh well, no, um, we'll hold that. We'll we'll, uh, we'll put it that is later. It's just a quick piece of news. Ma- Matteo, um, Nugget Star Pupil. I mean, yes. you're you're also Nugget Star Pupil, but you're not really a pupil. You're kind of it's a weird setup. It is weird, yeah, yeah. But so we'll forget about that. But no, but Matteo made his first sale with his app today, which is yes. great. Um, so his his app is um hey hey dot i o, h. Oh yeah, we talked H-E- about this last time. Yeah. So h e y h i dot i o, and uh, he made his first sale, and he's getting geared up to make more sales. So, I think that that is going to. I think the Mateo is going to really, um, as as we did talk about last time, Mateo is how I'm going to fix the conversion issue I've got inside Nugget. <laughs> Just showcase everything he's done. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do an interview like this with him. Talk to him like this on Skype. And just talk from the beginning of his journey. How did he hear about Nugget, our first exchanges? He then did the boot camp. Then he signed up for the main academy. And he's basically pretty much followed exactly what I've said the entire time. And he's just, he's just executed it and done it well. And, you know, now he's in a great position. So, Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of stuff where there, there are probably like a lot of ways to succeed. Yeah. But if you don't really believe who you're listening to, like say your fitness trainer or something, yeah. If you're like, well, I'll kind of do what they said about paleo, but I'm also going to, you know, have like pizza right after I work out. So I like restock my muscles or something like if you, if you kind of like mix and match, it's, it's often a disaster. I think that is a, that is a great way to put it. But, and, but even nugget, isn't that restrictive? I mean, what, what I say, isn't that restrictive? It can just be boiled down to hyper iterate as quickly as possible by talking to people and just finding out what they what they want and what they're willing to pay for. And then as soon as you get a fish that bites, it's like, okay, now, now hyper iterate and expand on that and just grow from there. That's essentially it. Um, but you know, obviously there's more nuance, but I don't think it's super restrictive, but I think you're right. I think people do come in and they sort of have different, they take different approaches. Oh, maybe I'll do it through SEO. You know, maybe yeah, I'll do yeah. a blog, you know, well, and, and also, the, like, there's a certain kind of person which you're disproportionately going to encounter that's like, maybe I'll sign up for 10 classes and try everything. I got a really interesting um, cancellation email today. 
Um, this is this is one of the not very many people have have ever cancelled Nugget or were well, the payments from Nugget. He didn't ask for a refund, but basically um, cancelled after four payments. Uh, so that's four months into it. Said I actually like the academy. Um, I just didn't have time to commit because I was freelancing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel it was smart to continue paying installments now, but I probably should have just done the one-time payment in the beginning. <laughs> so I, I, that's interesting because I, I was actually just thinking this. Isn't like, that interesting? What, yeah. what am I going to cancel from Black Friday last year? Because I, I bought several things, and, and, or I bought a bunch of things, and some of them I haven't touched. Some of them I've gotten a ton of value out of. And of the ones I haven't touched, about half of them are one-time purchase. I'm like, yeah, I'll just look at that whenever. Um, but about half are subscription. And I'm just thinking like, well, do I, do I want to cancel? I'm probably not going to cancel Laracast. Like it's so cheap and there's just so much good stuff to mine. I guess I do use it a little bit. But, but uh, some of the others I, I might just you know, cancel with the intention of maybe getting them again next year. I found that interesting. And what I was thinking of, of doing was reaching out to him and saying, okay, you can have the one-time price. I'll just, I like, I've got your card, everything's set up. I'll, I'll upgrade you and I'll uh, just, you, you've already paid off this much towards that one-time fee. Might as well. I mean, yeah, might as well. Right. See what, see what he says. <coughs> Seems like the, yeah, the ROI for you, like for your time doing that is, is fantastic. Yeah. So, oh. uh, Okay. So, well, that's, yeah. so that's that. So what's this divisive hack and use discussion? Well, before we get to that, I want to I share a few other things that I've, okay. I've got open here. Got to keep the YouTube watch time up. So I've got to mention something and not close <laughs> the loop. Just uh, um, now it's, uh, it's the good stuff though. This is, let's see here. I'll open the entire desktop because if I just do one tab, then Zoom will change the, uh, the resolution. Um, can you read this? It's my yeah, Gmail. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, that's fine. I'll just yeah give a quick synopsis. We've got a new friend of the show, David Williams, and he oh. uh, Hi, David. he sent me an email and basically said, um, you know, he he checked out that web apps aren't tech post that we talked about, and he had a, a post on Hacker News at the same time was getting similar rest- or a similar reaction. It was. Uh, called do things that don't require scale. Mm-hmm. It's kind of based on uh, Paul Graham's do things that don't scale, except he's saying even beyond that, you need to think like, does the thing that like, does the bigger thing you want to get done uh, even make sense if you don't have a lot of scale? Yeah. So, um, that then I saw Alpine toolbox. I don't know if you've, you've heard Wait, of that. You, you didn't read out. So that, that was what he said in his email. Just about yeah, that. that yeah, was I just gave a quick synopsis. He didn't say that it was a great show and that he really likes us. And he did say, "He well, let's see, really enjoyed reading." Oh, actually, maybe he uh, listened to the latest. Uh, maybe he just reacted I, today. Really enjoying the show. Yes, nice, love it. Thank you. Oh, David. there we go. Really enjoying the show. Okay, I didn't even notice that. I just noticed his, <laughs> that he liked my blog post. But I did tell him, "Thanks so much for the kind words." By the way, we have comments on the site, and Justin would love to see stuff like this too. So if you want, sign up at this link, copy-paste this email in. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> nice. Um, I, think, I, I do think I know David Williams, <clears throat> or I've heard, of, I've heard of him. I think he's um, in the Nugget orbit, possibly. I think I've seen, okay. seen, seen his Okay, that would make before. sense. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, I found this, this Alpine toolbox, 
which has like a whole bunch of things for learning Alpine JS and starter kits and stuff like that, which led me to discover an open source uh, uh, view. No, sorry. So I to believe an open source tailwind utility uh, set up kind of, I mean, may, I mean, it's maybe sort of like uh, tailwind UI, except it's open source hmm. and based on the license, I could use some of this with attribution for Phoenix igniter. Ooh, not sure if I want to do that or not, but I'm <coughs> kind of intrigued Aren't by you the possibility because tailwind? tailwind UI is a paid service. You already paid for it, though. You've already paid for it, haven't you? I paid for it, but I can't ship its code to other people that I charge money for. Are you sure that doesn't? Yeah, make I'm sense. sure. I'm sure that's not uh, the license specifically says like you may use this in your own project, but but for you know like unless you get like some enterprise version of the license, you can't you know use this and compete with us and just turn it around and sell it because well, otherwise, not competing you, with them. Sure, it is. Oh, because Phoenix Igniter is is that kind of it ha- yep, is yep, going yep. to have tail, it's going to have uh, Tailwind components. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Phoenix. Yeah. I forgot Phoenix Igniter is not a finished product; it's a product that you build with. So yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, otherwise, someone <laughs> could just like take it, like just remove, basically just take the assets folder out of the Phoenix project, mm-hmm. and then they have Tailwind UI, and maybe I sell it for half the price they do. Like, that's the. <laughs> Okay, That's a yeah. kind of risk. Oh, I think your your microphone is out again, and I think you just touched it. So anyway, this this uh, this Cuddy toolkit looks interesting because it's it's like Tailwind UI, but it's open source and you know just an attribution license. Yeah. Um, other thing I found which really excites me for Igniter, okay, is Render, which is that uh, hosting service that I'm a big fan of. It's kind of like a a modern Heroku. It's, yeah. it's not hasn't been acquired by Salesforce. It's not horrendously expensive. It's still easy to use, run by uh, the person who made a lot of Stripe's infrastructure, like their higher number seven or eight. Okay, They've made a deploy to render button. I can Ooh. make that a feature of Phoenix Igniter. And deployment is one of the things that I get the most questions about. There's nothing uniquely difficult about doing it in Elixir, but a lot of people... Uh, you know, they, they see a lot of different ways it can be done. And as a result, kind of end up in this, you know, this struggle so they're, scenario. They're, it means that they're essentially choosing render as the host. It's just like it's, a deploy to Heroku button that you can see on GitHub sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is it means that, it, and it's, I'm not saying this is a negative. I'm just, I'm just clarifying. It means that when... If they do that, they have to sign up for a render account. They're becoming a render customer. Sure. And, and sure, they yeah. click the button and then it's deploying to their render. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. they could be their hosting provider. Yeah. But one click deploy. Like that's that's, that's awesome. uh, yeah, that's something a lot of people want. And people who don't want render who or people who want a specific thing often know how to deploy it already. Okay. Um, so that has been super motivating. Mm, cool. Um, new hum- humble bundle came out. It's like more no starch press stuff. I guess I don't have it open. Well, oh yeah, here we go. Learn to code the fun way. This just blows me away because I've bought like three or four humble bundles for programming books. Mm-hmm. It's like Land of Lisp. Like I love that book. I thought that was great. Um, 
that's like for eight bucks plus all these other books and plus all of these. And you could just get these for $1. And of <laughs> all the uh, technical book publishers, I think no starch is actually the best one. Hmm. So it's like top tier content, $1 for all of that eight for that pay $15 and you get, you know, total like 19 books. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's, that's the kind of thing where I just, instantly buy it if i see that if hemingway wrote javascript <laughs> no, i'm not familiar with that one Looks hemingway cool. wrote javascript oh dear um okay i, I have looks big, like, looks I'm, I'm not sure if I'll, i'm not sure if i'll actually read that one but uh, <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a thing so the twitter disagreement or the the uh, disagreement i saw about twitter on indie hackers Oh, it's if audience. you could only choose one, if you could only choose to grow one, which would you focus on? People like Daniel Vasallo or Vasallo say Twitter is best, while others like Sam Parr say email is best because you control your audience. And top thing is Alex again, who's the one that was talking to oh, Justin Alex. Jackson, <laughs> whose tweet you uh, <laughs> you are interested in, says email by a long shot. Don't build your house on rented land. Don't let algorithms decide who gets to see your message and when. And nobody, including people like Daniel, can consistently see 10% followers sale conversion rates. But it's totally achievable and repeatable with an email list built by e-bombs. And that's a, um, that's a concept in, in his uh, program, 30 by 500, that, um, that's about how to, how to kind of bomb someone's uh, uh, inbox with educational content that makes him a loyal reader. And then uh, Daniel himself responded to it saying, I had 9,200 sales in nine months from 46K Twitter followers. So about 20% conversion in my case, about $4.78 per follower, like Twitter follower in net profit from two products. More details here, which I'm sure will sell even more of his Twitter course. Yeah. So but what that, are your but, thoughts? Well, my, my thoughts are that, um, that the reason why Alex is right about this um, and Daniel is, is, is not right is because email is, is a general case sales channel, whereas mm -hmm. Twitter is a great sales channel for selling Twitter stuff. So Daniel has great, great um, results because he's selling a Twitter course about how to grow Twitter followers by growing Twitter followers. So the whole thing is, is um, very enmeshed and it's, it's, it's very That's... well, uh, but, it, but if I was growing, I don't know, uh, nugget, it, it, I wouldn't have anywhere near the level of, of conversions that he's got there because to, to be fair, the thing that launched it all was not his Twitter course. It was his course on AWS stuff. Well, how much did that sell? Go and have a look in that, that, that post uh sure <clears throat> he uh he used to work at amazon for quite a while so like what built his initial twitter following was talking about leaving his job at you know after working at like amazon for like seven or eight years or something the good parts of aws um so a big pdf and then okay so let's have a look at twitter. Let's, let's look at the breakdown Okay, there we go. So it looks like uh, 
Which is which? Sales profit. Oh, that's it's he's merged them into one. He's not Oh, he's got he's got a okay. separate chart for each. So good parts so, of AWS. Looks like 110, 108 or something like that. And Twitter. Hmm. Wait a second. Pro- income all products. But that's oh, also I confusing just, I need to scroll as well. down further. It's so also it looks confusing. it's about half and half. I just didn't but scroll how down does he, um, That's like how from a single Twitter account does he sell to two different markets? Or does well, he have I two think, different Twitter accounts? No, no, he just has one Twitter account, but he has a ton of followers. So, so I think he got a ton of followers and then he started selling his, you know, his AWS course. And then that got him even more followers. And then for those followers, maybe they weren't specifically interested in Twitter, but they had seen what he just did on Twitter. So, you know, and they're on Twitter themselves. So it seemed to uh, seem like a reasonable next product. I, I could totally imagine him selling like another thing about how to use Gumroad. Oh wait, no, because Gumroad hired him. Um, if that hadn't happened, then I, I could totally imagine he'd make like a third course about, you know, selling stuff on on Gumroad. But uh, well, I yeah. do like I do like to be corrected, um, and you know, I do like my change, my mind being changed. Um, but still, I don't know. I now I want to buy his Twitter course. <laughs> Uh, there you go. There you go. My work here is done. Just be like, okay, all right. How did how did you do that? I want to know more about that. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. The the comment. Oh, that I should have voted up. I forgot to. Um, that I thought was really interesting was um, someone whose name I can't pronounce said, "For me, this depends on the product. For B two B and any product that needs continued engagement, email by a long shot. For most engaged customers." We often find uh, uh, even move to higher touch platforms such as WhatsApp and Skype. But for B2C one-time sales, I've seen Twitter work very well due to the built-in virality. People retweet much more easily than they forward emails. And so this to me seems like he's basically saying this, the thing I'd noticed, which is a lot of people like Adam Wathen will just you know, go straight from Twitter to Gumroad. Mm-hmm. Do a one-time sale. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's good. Uh, it's you know I was thinking that maybe I should turn the whole nugget thing into a book, into a PDF. It doesn't hurt. I mean, you could, or you could even just uh, put a lot of it on on uh, like in an ebook for free on Amazon, mm. and use that as like a, an email sign up leader. Interesting, yeah. Or a, a lead magnet. A, li- a lead magnet, yeah. Yeah, um, I I actually did agree with Alex though because. Um, he's, I mean, like he, Daniel did amazing, amazingly well with Twitter, but I, I read a whole bunch of stories of people that did that with Facebook pages. And then all of a sudden the Facebook pages no longer got traffic. Well, I don't think that that's connecting two things. That seems like a, some kind of logical fallacy. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's where you're connecting one. Like, I don't think Facebook's failure connects with Twitter's failure. Well, they're both social networks and they're both, uh, they're both making their money through advertising and Facebook had, uh, they had uh, an incentive to make you spend advertising money and, you know, stop giving you free organic access to pages. 
But he's not giving. He's not spending um, advertising money. He there was barely any advertising money spent on the graphs he just showed. Right, right, right. Because uh, Twitter doesn't require much, ad- or doesn't really require advertising to get to get distribution. Organic distribution's really good still. Whereas Facebook, Facebook pages, it used to be really good, and now it's horrible. Now you have to spend on it. So if if say Twitter got a new CEO or, or got uh, like a new strategy or had had some financial issues, they very well could make a higher portion of what shows up in the feed promoted or um, you know make make more ways of promoting um, without it being like you know purely ads like maybe you could pay to have everything in your feed show up more, and the people who don't pay would you know the, the best stuff would still make it, but they just get pushed down further, kind of like Google keeps putting more and more and more ads at the top of. Well, I do. That's that's sort of the two main points that Alex makes that I do agree with. Don't build your house on rented land. Uh, don't let algorithms decide who get to see your message. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty. That concurs kind of my concern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it. I mean, I guess for me though, it's I. I would want to focus on the email list, but then also be on Twitter because I do like the I do like the promise. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Uh, you you swung me. You swung me both ways. I feel like I've been thrown around. <laughs> well, what do I, I believe? I, uh, I don't know. I gotta, <laughs> just going to keep talking then. <laughs> um, yeah. So what else? So I, I should well, probably yeah, well, How about your stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have been working on reactor. Um, I mean, so, well, first of all, just a quick, quick update on nugget. It's pretty much exactly the same. Uh, there's mm-hmm. 377 people started the boot camp now with three sales. Um, so it's just it, the inside of the funnel just needs to be fixed. And I'm going to do that with Mateo. And, but it's something else that's a little bit concerning is that um, it's got a 12% completion rate. Um, and I think that's pretty definitive at this point where there hasn't been enough people going through. Um, it's 2% and better than before. It is 2% better than before, but the startup Academy itself has a 50% completion rate. And I know that the average completion rate around the internet is like 5% to be a good completion rate. Um, but 12% is better than that, but I'm used to 50%. So mm. I'm, I really want to push it up higher. And I know the reason why it's 50% and the Startup Academy is because of the way that Laura, Laura, who was an instructional designer, I consulted with her. And she basically made, she said, look, you've got to do it like a, a page of content, then a page of doing then a page of content yeah, and a page yeah, of doing yeah. and then a discussion. So I might do a little bit more of that potentially, but before I do that, the first thing I'm going to do is that interview with Mateo once he's got some more sales under his belt. I would be, I'd be interested in hearing how the, how the changes improve the completion rate. Cause my, my free email signup course is getting me email signups. It's getting me a few more than I would have without that. But uh, people aren't, I mean, very few people are actually completing the free course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I got I got a great uh, on on Indie Hackers. Someone said I was I've just been posting a few random things on Indie Hackers, just look, following it, and if I see something relevant. So, for example, some people say I need to make a logo, and then I'll send them a page to the to my lesson on how to make a logo. Anyway, someone said, "Hey, you 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 do Nugget, right?" Oh man, I love that boot camp. Like that is that is a, my north star. I have read that two times. Be- best content I've ever read. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, 
yeah, okay, so onto the game. So with uh, Slider, um, the goal was to, to basically plug in data storage, database storage, and um, enable you to level up. Well, I did plug in database storage, and I used a third-party person's library because it had... There's, a, there's all sorts of interesting things that, you know, Roblox, that environment creates. Like one of the things that the kids... Because it's like... Um, with a with a web browser, you can open up the console and start hacking it. Yeah. So you can do that with Roblox, basically. So kids can start hacking the actual game and do anything that's on the client side is fair game. So what you have to do is, as as I've got people running around the little slider pieces, I give them XP for every one that they touch. Now, I've got the exact same algorithm running on the the client because you saw that tweet I yeah. did. Yeah. Basically, it's two. It's it's two clients. It's like having a, a client as a server. So the client is, is the server and the client is the client. But when, when their character is running on the server, that's the one that attributes the XP. And when they're mm-hmm. running on the client, it, it doesn't. So basically all the database stuff is done there. But they can do things like, for example, tweak their character on the front end to move to a certain place and that will move them on the server. Oh, uh, the server respects that. Yeah, the server respects that. Can, can you control that, or is that just <laughs> you how can't it is? control it? That's just how okay. it is. So, so, so you have to do things like um, look, like okay, did they just move a ridiculously far? <laughs> like, like, is that possible? What just happened? <laughs> you know, this this is actually making me a lot more bullish about Roblox. Like, this is going to teach kids how to program. It, like, I, so many games did that when I was little, and then later everything became locked down, but I guess you know this is a pretty open one. So many kids programmed that I can't believe how. So like literally millions of kids are building games on Roblox, and they're they're building games, and I I just can't believe it. I mean I'm, I'm building a game on Roblox, and I'm finding it difficult. But I guess I guess Keep up with them. <laughs> I guess I guess because I'm I'm using all of my. 30 years of programming principles and experience and design and trying to put that in Roblox, but it's definitely not designed for that. So Roblox is designed to, you know, if you have a, if you have a, a wall that kills someone, you, you basically add the wall into the game by dragging and dropping apart. Mm-hmm. And then you click on the wall in the game and then you say, add script and the script is then attached to the wall. So in the Explorer, it looks like a big file system that's completely higgledy-piggledy with like thousands of different trees and branches of all the different shit that's going on. And your scripts are everywhere. Like, how do you even find a script? Like, they're all different. So, As you said before, this sounds like Flash. Yeah, it sounds like Flash. So so what I'm doing is I'm just putting no scripts anywhere other than in one centralized script folder. But I'm fighting hard with Roblox to make that happen. It's like, it's like I'm really, really trying to make this organized, trying to organize and, and, it and and connected. And you know, um, it's it's very interesting. In fact, in some ways, in some ways, it's easier for a kid to open up like the console and start messing with your code than it is to actually create code and make it talk to each other inside the real coding environment. Because that makes sense, yeah. Because the the real coding environment is very, everything doesn't talk to each other. It's difficult to make um, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of modules that talk to each other. Anyway, um, wait, wait, uh, how about the database though? Like, how how does that work? Like, where do they host it? 
do you are there choices they there's no choices they host it there's a couple of so oh so that's what i'm saying so i'm using this third-party library so what they do is they do a thing called um session locking which essentially uh-huh. which is just you're probably you know you know what session locking is right it just means that mm-hmm. it just means that when someone logs in from one session to another it takes over there so if they don't do session locking then then the hackers can basically uh, do things like create unlimited resources and replicate code. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of trading games. So um, there's a lot of exploits on YouTube where go into this game. You can create a million different marshmallows. That's why there's so much of it. Oh my gosh. And uh, so I thought, okay, I'll I'll use this library just to at least stop the session locking stuff. And there's a lot of edge cases that that, that, that the library's thought through. So that was pretty good. I plugged in, but it's weird. It's very strange because I don't have to do any saving or anything like that. I just basically load the variables from the database, which is basically no SQL JSON, by the way. So, okay. um, we, we, I mean, we don't see that in Lua. All we see is just variables, you know. So basically, I load the data in. I tweak, um, I guess, like a like a like a an array, like a, a multi-dimensional array. Just change the data, and that's it. I don't have to save. I don't have to do anything. I just change the data. And then that data then get, ends up in the database because his library basically monitors events for when it's changed and just pushes it as it's required. Um, so that's kind of interesting, you know, and, yeah. um, and I have plugged that in and I have plugged in a function that, that knows what level you're on. Um, but what I haven't done is I haven't plugged it all together. So I do need to plug the unlocking. I got a bit sidetracked because I did, I started with an intro screen Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a, we came, we came up with a company name and a company logo. Well, I should say we, but what, okay. it, cause it, what happened was I went to, um, vector stock and found like 50 different cool logo ideas, all sorts of different gaming ideas, cool animals, weird stuff or interesting stuff. And then showed them to Jack and said, okay, you pick a logo. And he looked at the page and he went straight for one. It was like, he was that one. And it was like the least cartoonish, the most just classic looking like a, just a badass company gaming company logo. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I did that. So then, then I put it in the game and on a black screen and I realized, you know what this needs? This needs like a Batman, like when Batman starts, like a big thud. Like a... Oh, okay. <laughs> so then so then i started down that route and then that sort of started taking the game in a different vibe feeling and and so now it it does that it has a black screen it does like you know do you remember you've seen blade runner right uh yes long time ago do you remember when he's when he's saying to the to the computer enhance you know, um, I like don't. The picture. No, okay. Well, it's, it's, I, I remember seeing that in CSI or something. But uh, okay, so like type typing goes across the screen and it makes this little like like okay. futuristic typing noise with and George is going to be speaking over that, and then it, there's this really cool kind of sound, and then it and then it just goes into the world, and then it starts with this really funky music, and the, and what I did was I did this effect where I I tracked the um, the beat. The, the the drum beat the doom 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 uh-huh. and then i make the camera like instantaneously you know, like zoom in like this so the whole screen oh my gosh the screen is like that so um so the whole screen is like just a, like a split second it magnifies you know so it has that it gives you that beat vibe anyway it's very very cool so and the in, the intro scenes taking over the design <laughs> of the rest of the game <laughs> pretty much um but 
yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm getting more excited about it. I'm getting more are excited. You, are you still going to be be able to ship it like uh, as quickly 15th. now that you're changing stuff? Yeah, fifteenth of October. That's my stretch goal. Two weeks. Your stretch we'll goal. See. Okay, okay. We'll see. I don't know. Oh gosh! Every every time we have a talk, he'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna ship it in two weeks," <laughs> like Jason, right? It's perpetual two weeks. Uh, it's like a lot of people. I think yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of uh, the project management curse. Well, I, also, I'm, you go on what? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see this environment. I, f- I feel like a lot would be familiar to me. Like I started programming on Flash. Um, you know, yeah. JavaScript is a lot like Lua. Yeah. I th- Think you know, the, like it sounds like the database is a lot like old school Meteor JS with Mini Mongo. So, yeah. uh, I don't know, but I. Oh, it's a great environment. I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist though until you do really well. Then I'll, I I'll start playing you, around with it. I've got to tell you one nice thing about yeah. the environment, which is which is very, very strange as well, is the entire IDE is like is like Etherpad, but for the whole game. So what, um, what's Etherpad? It, like it's it's like one of those it's like one of those um, coding environments where it's real time shared, so you can have five people coding at the same time, all connected in the game, in in the in the studio. Wow. Okay. So so you see other people coding stuff and moving stuff around. So like if you're looking in the in the stage, so imagine Flash, you're looking in the stage, and mm-hmm. just little components are moving around and and changing, and people are doing stuff to it. That's wild. Okay. And in the script, <laughs> it's crazy. It's like the whole thing is, it's very, very cool and interesting. <laughs> it's, well, it's, okay, yeah. So it sounds really cool and interesting, but also like it could be a horrible working environment. Uh, potentially. Well, especially because like, so I'm coding with this guy who, who I've hired. And so I'm trying to like, you know, do something like, I don't know, go into a certain part of the world, but he's working on a, a, like a UI stuff. So all of a sudden the whole screen, the UI flashes up on the whole screen, which is like the level list. And now you can't see any, anything else apart from the game. So like, it's like completely stops me from being able to do anything inside the game. Yeah. It's like, unless, instead of- unless I go and go click on that component and say not visible. And <laughs> then I go, you can hide the components from each other yeah (laughs) so it's a game in its own right (laughs) yeah this is this like the opposite of of how i learned a pair program like instead of two monitors one keyboard this is like two or two keyboards one one shared screen yeah now it now to be fair it doesn't do that in the actual script itself it just does it in the game but it does. Okay. It does sort of. I think it. It's. It does say something like. Um, I think it locks the script. It says you can't just edit adjacent. I, I think it says code. yeah. You know he's he's editing this script. You can't edit it until he's done. Yeah. That's that's a reasonable thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, I I am still psyched to see it. I think. Uh, I, I think this is this is just one of those things I could see doing really well, uh, or not. Uh, it's hard to tell at this point, but it's well, exciting. the goal—I mean, the, the 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 base goal is to make <clears throat> make back the money that that I spent on the dev guy. Yeah. Uh, the good, the happy goal is to make. When I walked into this, I was thinking, I want this to make about a hundred grand a year. For how many years? For a couple of years, like like two, because I'm just looking at past at different games' performance. You know, like games that are already on there, how they've done. 
Um, and so I just, I want to be one of those, you know, one of those games that sort of always has about 500 people playing it. Um, and then it, it makes about a hundred grand a year, 500 to a thousand people playing it at any one time, but it, it could be more, you know, I'm starting to well, think this, it could be more. Yeah. I mean, I think this whole, this kind <laughs> of market, it, it's, it's a, it's a power lot distribution. So it's, it's just like if you went on the app store, you know, relying on them for distribution really early when, when that was kind of viable, like 2010 or something. Um, so, so I think your odds of hitting the happy goal are maybe, well, definitely lower than they would be on some other platforms, but your odds of 10 Xing it are maybe not even that much lower than hitting it. So it's, well, so here's the thing. Um, they, they always have advertising where you can basically push your game and, and it's, it's, it's hard to determine if it's um, really an ad or not. So on their main front page, ad slot number four can be an ad and there can be some ads around the place. So you could just keep on going in once a month or once every week and pushing it on that page for a couple of hours. That gets a new batch of kids in who tell their friends. So it's sort of like a, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, yeah. it's not like you just push it once and then, and then you just hope for it. If you, if, well, if you it's a good game, the game too, if it right? has some, vi- oh yeah, that's the, that's the, the ones who do the ones who are on the front page all the time, they keep updating it. But I mean, yeah. the level of money that those guys are making is, is very significant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As I said, power lot distribution. Yeah. 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 Well, good luck. We'll see what um, happens. Yeah. Is that, is that uh, going to be your main focus this coming week again? Uh, yeah, I'm more focused. I mean, I'm also focused on work on, on the day job, of course, but um, of course. my side, yeah, I think for my side project, it's going to be that just to push more to get more done on the slider stuff. Yeah. I want to get it to a point where I feel comfortable to show it to people. You don't now? Well, I don't from the point of view of, um, I feel like I don't have enough of a lead over what like a really good Roblox coder could do. So I just want to get to a point where I have enough of a lead and I can kind of launch it so that, you know, I, I feel like it is a bit of an, a competitive environment. I mean, people rip off games all the time. Like that does happen yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it. I see, see it every day. So you're mostly worried about competitors seeing it. Yeah. It's like the first time I've really needed to worry about competition. Yeah. I can't say, I can't say I disagree. It's, that's a tough one. I mean, my, my inclination is just like, I just get something out there, but, but my whole strategy would have been, you know, spend almost nothing, get something out there. That's like, you know, 2.2 star material and then, uh, you know, lessons learned and then make something else pretty quickly. That's a bit better. Which is pretty much what I teach in the academy and sort of what I'm not doing in this case. So that sucks. But, um, but I started, I did start off with that intention, but it just, I don't know. The, the game just seemed, it, I, I could show you the evolution and you'll see how it got ended up where it is. Yeah. I mean, you've been showing a bit here and there, like as, as we talk, I, I think the thing I would worry about though, would be if you go even deeper down that because the, like the more time you spend, the more money you've spent and the more investment it is and the, like the more embarrassing and the more unpleasant it would be for it not to go well, mm-hmm. which will lead you to shoot for even a higher level. And I think, <clears throat> you know, that could be a, a negative spiral pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah. I agree. I think I, I, I think agree with that. It's, I mean, like this level is probably, probably not a waste, you know, it's, it's better in different ways than the, the really quick one is. 
yet. Okay, thanks. Yeah. That's well, my goal. Good luck with it. <laughs> um, I guess uh, from any, any other goals or is it just basically those two? Uh, to do, um, I, I guess to do like 15 minutes exercise every day. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been doing pretty well on exercise. I've, I've, uh, made it out five times this past week. Okay. Um, did have like one birthday party, but, uh, uh, really good on diet. Most days fasted, uh, a day and a half. So, um, I've basically, I've, I've been good on the diet, good on the exercise this coming week. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to be able to fast cause I have three separate barbecues I've been invited to oh because it's, gosh. it's that time of year. It's uh, it's mid autumn festival. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, no fasting. I'm going to, going to try to exercise a bit. Uh, I also added a health goal, um, not, or not a goal, but just a, a like a, a new tactic, and that is uh, I'm I'm going to uh, participate in the Sober October. Although I've I've rebranded mine Awesome October. <laughs> um, I I don't think beer contributes that many calories to like what I you know what I've uh, been getting. Like not enough to have any real impact on the diet, but it almost always leads me to overeat. And yeah, then, exactly sometimes it le- it leads me to like miss the next day, like not exercise the next day or just like, just be, just have some diet reset or something. And, you know, maybe even if it's just eliminating two times a month, like maybe that's, maybe that's still going to have a, a significant effect. So um, I'm going to basically do that and, uh, you know, try to stay, reasonable and everything else still exercise, but, but no fasting this week. Okay. Then, uh, business goals, five, five screencasts is too much. Like I don't, <laughs> I, like, I don't think I can do that. Uh, I, I may get the fifth one before I sleep done tonight for this, for the last week, but I'm just going to aim for four screencasts this week. That's the only goal, uh, on the business side. I will probably keep doing some stuff on Phoenix igniter, but I'm not, you know, not, not focusing on it yet. Yeah. I'll probably, probably focus on it. As I said, like the end of November. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that's, uh, that's pretty much the, the whole deal. That's very cool. All right. Uh, good show. Let's wrap it up then. I, uh, I concur. Okay. Nice. All right. Till next All right. time. See you next time. Later.